Here is another powerful message from New Vision Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. To hear the rest of this series and others, join us at newvisionlife.com. Hey, we're in the middle of a series entitled Living Light, and really what this series is about is that Christ really wants us to have a level of freedom in our life, and as we think about how we can really step into that freedom, your life and my life in many ways are really a sum total of the choices that we make or that we, that we don't make. And so in this series, we're looking at seven choices that really God calls us to trust Him enough to make so that we can really begin to experience a level of freedom. In week number one, we said it's important that we live for God's purpose over popularity. In week number, number two, we said it's important that we live for purity or we choose purity over compromise. Then in week number three, we said it's important that we choose surrender over control. Last week, Nick did a great job uh, showing us that God's Word calls us to choose discipline over over regret. And now today, uh, we're going to talk about a choice that, uh, I have to be honest with you, I feel like a huge hypocrite in talking about this, because this is an, an area that I've struggled with a lot in my life. But it's really the choice to, to choose the important over the urgent. And we're going to see the, the results that, that really come from that. How many of you today, you don't have to raise your hand or anything weird like that, but how many of you today would say that, you know, your life just feels just super, super busy and, and really chaotic and really, really stressful at sometimes? Let's just be goofy. How many of you say, yeah, man, that feels like my life. It's busy. It's chaotic. It's, it's, it's stressful. I think so many folks do that. So I want us to look at a passage. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open them up to Luke chapter 10. I want us to look at a passage uh, there that's going to really, really help us uh, with that. While you're turning, I want to welcome our, our newest campuses at uh, Destin, Florida, at Panama City Beach, Florida, and at um, Orange Beach, Florida. So they're just open this week and at fall break. We only have them two times a year because most of our people are down there uh, then. So those of you watching online from your condo uh, or your motel, good to have you with us this morning. Let's think about business in our culture because it's, it's really somewhat of an ep- epidemic. About 86% of Americans in the workforce uh, say that they work more than 40 hours a week, yet none of them feel like they, they get all of their work done. Only 43% of Americans say they use all of their paid vacation. That means a little over four out of 10 folks every year don't use all of the paid vacation that they're, they've been given. The average American gets two less hours sleep than what is recommended. The New York Times did an article just on vacation and how vacations have changed. The article really said this, vacations used to be like an on-off switch. In other words, when we left and went on vacation, it's like we turned things off. And the article said now vacations feel like more of a dimmer switch. Why? Because we, we have our cell phones, we have our laptops, and we're still connected, and folks are still sending us emails and text messages, and so we just aren't able to, to shut it down. So stress is sort of an epidemic proportion at, at, in our culture if you're a college student, you experience stress and, 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 and busyness. My favorite comedian is, is, is Jim Gaffigan, my family. I've watched every Jim Gaffigan episode like uh, way too many times. How many of you like Gaffigan? Anybody Gaffigan fans here? It's great stuff. I think it is, and you should too. He talks a lot just about his family, about his kids. He has four kids. 
And he, he said, somebody asked him, Jim, what was it like moving from three kids to four kids? He said, well, well, with three kids, it's like you're drowning. And then when you have the fourth one, it's like somebody hands you a baby while you're drowning. That's what, that's what the fourth kid feels like. And so sometimes we just, you, you might be here and you're just a young mom and you just feel like, man, I'm so busy. I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed out. And so what does God's word have to say? We're, we're going to see some, I, I think, some super practical principles today from God's word that I really believe can help you and I hope can bring a level of freedom in your life and that you and I together, we could start traveling lighter. Now, Luke chapter 10 is where we're going to be today. And, and this is a great little story. If you uh, grew up in the church, you probably remember this story. It's a story of uh, Mary and Martha now, who, who were they? Mary and Martha, their brother was Lazarus, and some of you remember Lazarus. Lazarus dies, and, and uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus calls him out of the grave, and, and so it was an amazing miracle. This, this, the story we're going to look at today takes place before this uh, event, but starting in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says, now as they were on their way, Jesus entered a village. So the disciples are with Jesus, and they enter into a village about a mile and a half just outside the city of Jerusalem, a, a city called Bethany. That's where Mary and Martha lived in Lazarus. And um, when Jesus is in Jerusalem, many times in the Gospels, you'll see that he retreats to, to this little small town of, of Bethany. It says, and, and there, there was a woman named Martha, and she welcomes Jesus into her home. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. You ought to underline that. So Martha's there greeting, welcoming Jesus. What is Mary doing? Mary is there sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving now, that word distracted in the Greek, it means torn apart. But Martha was distracted or torn apart with much serving, and she went up to him, meaning to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister left me here to serve all alone? In other words, Jesus, while Mary's over there having like an extended quiet time, look at me. I'm here taking care of all of the details. And, and Martha says, she tells Jesus what to do. Never a good sign in our spiritual life when we're telling Jesus what to do, right? I mean, things have kind of left the rails. She says, tell her then to get up and come and help me. Verse 41. Now, let's stop. Before Jesus speaks here, before Jesus speaks, like, we're prone to agree with Martha. Like, Martha makes more sense to us. Like, Martha's got guests over. Martha, Martha's doing dishes. Martha is, is taking care of the food. Martha is making sure that everything is set. And Martha's like a type A go-getter person. And, and so we can kind of line up. With, with, with Martha, and we're prone to think Mary's just a little bit lazy because, you know, with everything going around, Mary's just sitting and listening to Jesus teach. And so if, if we're, not, we're not careful, we, we sort of really line up with the wrong person in this story. But listen to Jesus' answer. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. He calls her name twice because he wants to get her attention. This is so important. He said, you're anxious and you're troubled about many things. You ought, you ought to underline that. We're going to see that's super important. But one thing is necessary. In other words, one thing is important. Like there are many things that are going on, Martha, but there's one thing that is important. That's the first thing. That's what Jesus is saying. The important things are the priorities. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus really says, you know what, Martha, whoa, 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 slow your roll, sister. Your sister Mary, 
She has chosen the important things. She has her priorities right, and I'm not going to take that away from her. You think about this for just a moment. This is not in the Bible, but I just wonder about this sometimes. This is just off the hills of Jesus feeding 5,000 people with a young man's lunch. I mean, that's a pretty big miracle. Don't you think that Jesus should have been able to take care of the food for the dinner guest at Mary and Martha's house here, right? Or the dishes, like if Martha would have just trusted the Lord here, maybe there would have been another miracle in scripture that we wouldn't have had, like the miracle of the disappearing dishes. That's not in the Bible. I just, it could have done it, but, 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 but she, she doesn't. So here's what I want us to see today for just the next few minutes that I promise you, I promise you can help you so much in your life. Jesus is going to teach us a couple things from this story. The first is this. Jesus is is going to start by shattering the busyness myth. Jesus is going to start with Martha, and he's going to shatter the busyness myth because Martha thought busyness equals faithfulness. Like, look, 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 Jesus, the pillows are fluffed, the pita bed is, pita bread is coming out of the oven, the candles are all on, and so look what all I've done. The dishes are done. Martha said, you know, busyness equals faithfulness, and Jesus shatters that myth. You know, Martha's problem is Martha thought the important was less than the urgent, In our culture today, it's easy for us to pick on Martha. And by the way, before we load up on Martha too much, if you read the rest of the gospel account, when Lazarus, her brother, is is brought back to life, Martha gives uh, one of the clearest declaration of who Jesus is, other than Simon Peter. Her her statement's equal to Simon Peter on declaring Jesus to be the Son of God, the long-awaited Messiah. So... What Martha struggles with, I mean, this is, a, this is a person who loved Jesus and understood who Jesus was, but she struggled with, with really valuing the urgent over the important. In our culture today, we see busyness as a sign of success. Like the busier you are in our culture, we think the more successful you are. And even in church, many times we choose Martha's and we elevate Martha's over Mary's because we think, you know, Martha's are get it done type people. So we elevate them and give them roles in the church instead of Mary. Because we, we really think, you know what, that this idea of just being, being being busy and stretched thin and stressed out, ever how you want to say it, is not really that big a deal. Let me say this. There are a few things in your life and in my life as damaging and as soul-destroying as busyness. Can I say that to you again? Because it'll sneak up on you. There are a few things in your life and in my life as damaging and soul-destroying as busyness. Blaise Pascal, maybe one of the brightest men to have ever lived. In the 17th century, uh, he was a, a scientist, he was a mathematician, he was a theologian. It was, it was Pascal who really, he was an inventor. He invented what came to be one of the first calculators in the 17th century. Brilliant. One of Pascal's most famous quotes is this. Pascal was known to say, busyness sends more people to hell than unbelief. Wow. Because when we're busy, we don't really contemplate and have time to think about the truly important and eternal things. If you're a believer here today, busyness really destroys our joy Isn't that what's going on with Martha? I mean, Jesus is at her house and she's not having a good time. 
I mean, that's the problem. And I mean, Jesus himself, we say that if Jesus himself showed up here today, well, he did. He was at Mary Martha's house and Martha is just torqued, man. She is torn up. She's not enjoying it. Business will destroy your joy. Business will destroy your real, real, really your capacity to love others well. And ultimately, busyness destroys our ability to hear from God. And there's nothing more important than that. Would you agree with that? It's nothing more important than that. So here's what I want to say to you. It's a very important statement. And it's so hard to do. And I've done it wrong so, so, so much of my life. What we do with Christ is infinitely more important than what we do for Christ. It doesn't mean that it's not important that we serve the Lord and do some things. Of, of course that is. But what is, what is truly the first thing or infinitely more important is being with the Lord before trying to do something for the Lord. And that's where Mary got it right. She understood the important thing was being in the presence of the Lord, being overdoing. Now, think about this. As we think about the important thing, because the, the, the sermon today is about one thing. Understanding that important things are greater than the urgent things. And this will be a difficulty for the rest of your life, differentiating between important things and urgent things, right? But, but here's, what, here's what I want, I want to say about important things. The important things, they aren't the only things that you have going on in your life, but they must be the first things that are going on in your life. This is what will lead you to a level of freedom. Important things aren't the only things, but they need to be the first things. Why? Because they fuel everything else. It's, it's kind of like this. If you own your own business and you have a customer who's upset with you, it is an urgent thing for you to take care of that customer. Would you agree with that? It is an important thing to set systems up in place in your business that take care of folks. If you have a car and your car seizes up on Thompson Lane here today and your engine dies, it is an urgent thing that you get your car fixed, but it is an important thing that you get your oil changed on a regular basis because that kind of stuff wouldn't happen. With your health, if you are sick, it is, it is an urgent thing to go to the doctor and take care of that need, but it is an important thing to steward your body well on a daily basis and, and take care of your body. You see... If important things, please listen to what I'm about to say. If important things are less than urgent things in your life, let me say that to you again. If important things are less than urgent things, your life will always be chaotic. And that's where so many people in, in our culture, are so many people in the church, life is just chaos. We're just stressed. It's just chaotic, chaotic, chaotic. Why? Because we have made the important things less than the urgent things. So Jesus shatters the busyness myth first. Second thing he does is he goes deeper. And Jesus confronts the cause of busyness, which to me is so cool. It's not just saying, hey, you need to stop doing that. Jesus shows us why we're so busy. Now, I want you to, want you to, to watch this. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're, you're distracted, you're troubled, you're anxious about many things. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is saying, hey, Martha, and I always keep Martha and Mary. Is, is it hard to kind of keep them separated sometimes for you? Anybody? Martha, I think about Martha Stewart, right? <laughs> kind of cleaning, cooking. Right. That didn't help any of you, but it's how I keep them apart. Busyness is a result of fear. That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, Martha, your busyness, the reason you're anxious and all worked up, it's, it's a result of fear. Well, you might say, well, what's Martha afraid of? She's, she's afraid that all the work won't get done. 
She's afraid that people would think badly of her if the pita bread doesn't come out perfect, if the pillows aren't fluffed and the candles aren't glowing. You see, that's the way we are. We have fear of what people think about us in situations. And I want to I say something that, that is a little bit of a technical thing, but I, I, I want to try to talk about it for just a moment because I think in the church we have confused hospitality, which is a spiritual gifting, with entertaining. Now, entertaining is not bad. I'm just saying we have confused the, 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 those two things together. They are not the same thing. When we entertain many times, we entertain and we have people into our home and it's important that the food is good and the house looks good and many times entertaining is really about us and about the experience. We want everybody to have a great experience, great meal, house looks great, on and on and on. That's entertaining. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but here's what I'm saying. Hospitality is different. Hospitality is all about relationships right? You see, Mary is about the hospitality. Jesus came to her house, and she just sat in his presence. You know, one of the things that we talk about all the time here at New Vision, if I could build on this just a little bit, look around today. Everybody here is is sitting in a row, right? You're thinking, man, that's rocket science. science. That's great stuff. That's why we come here. You're so astute. That's true, and that's a good thing, but it's not the best thing. The best thing for learning is that we would find time once a week to sit in a circle with other believers and really talk about what the Lord is doing in our life, to ask questions about the things where we're stuck and we're troubled because we don't, this is not the environment to do that, right? But one of the things that I hear more than anything else is about that, well, we just don't have a house for entertaining. You don't have to. Because there's something different than hospitality is different for, than, than entertaining. If you have a dorm room at MTSU's campus and you can, you can put a, you know, a bowl of Campbell's soup on, you can show hospitality because hospitality is all about sitting and being in a relationship with somebody, listening to them, encouraging them, right? The other, that's not, don't confuse that, right? I'd say if you're going to do the Campbell's soup, do the chunky sirloin burger. That's just me, especially if I'm coming over. I don't even know why I said that, but I want you to think about that just a little bit. It's by far the best. Busyness can also be a result of ultimately just trying to prove ourselves to other people. Like Martha, why is she so busy? Martha had a need to be needed. And that's what, that, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, Martha, here, I want to go below the waterline. I want to show you what's going in on here. You have a need to be needed. Busyness many times is driven by people-pleasing. Business is really a result, you have this in your notes, of really trying to prove ourselves to other people. I never will forget, I, I, I'm, we'll soon be 49. Um, it was nine years ago. I know, I, know I, I remember I was 40 years old. It was a Sunday, three services, had a meeting after church, uh, a funeral that afternoon. And, and then I was um, uh, coming back from that funeral and I got a, a text, an urgent text that somebody needed to meet. He and his wife really needed to meet in their marriage because it was just a lot of conflict. Could I meet with them tonight? Could I please meet with them tonight? And I'm, I'm, I was exhausted. It's been a long day, right? And so I said, yeah. So I spent the next two hours refereeing a 10-round cage match. I mean, it was crazy. So I finally, I remember leaving my office. It's after 10 o'clock at night. I go home and I my family's asleep. I try to eat some food, and, and I'm sitting there. I'm 40, year old, 40 years old, 
And it was like my, my heart is just beating out of my chest. I'm like, man, that's weird. I waited another hour, and then at midnight, it's, it's, just, it's just killing me. And I think, I'm 40 years old, and I'm going to have a heart attack. So I just, I remember getting in the car and driving to the emergency room. Now, here's what I've learned about the emergency room. If you go in and you got your, your leg half cut off, you, you could wait two hours, right? You tell them, I think I'm having a heart attack, it's on. You're back there and we're doing this, you know? So I'm test or run, all the, the night just, I'm taking tests, stress tests, all kinds of EKG, everything going on through the night. And I forget to tell my wife, it's like six in the morning. She's like, where are you? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I said, I'm in, I'm in the hospital. Why? I think I'm having a heart attack. I think she said something like, well, if you don't die from that, I'll kill you when you get home. Why don't you wake me up? Yeah. But you know what that deal was about? It was about me. It was really about me saying, you know what? I want to be the hero here. If you've got a problem, I can fix it. And that, that busyness, that, that wasn't... That wasn't just necessarily part of the job. I could have said no to those things. But it was really deeper than that. It was just about me. Instead of letting other people use their gifts. I learned a valuable lesson from that. And see, and that's what really drives many times our, our busyness. If we just say, you know what, well, we're just busy. It's just, you know, it, it's not the external things. It's not necessarily your job, and it's not all these other things. Many times it's just us and the unhealthiness that we have needed to be needed. Have you been following what's been going on with a, a lot of wealthy folks in our country that they have really bribed their, and, and bought their kids into certain schools around the country? these A-list schools, right, um, paying all this money so their kid who's never played soccer is now on the soccer team at UCLA? Or, and what is that? That is a fear that their kids are falling behind. Many times we are busy in our culture because we are afraid that our kids are going to fall behind. I meet so many young families, so many young families. Now, listen, I've, I've done the same thing. I just hope this can be a help. So many young families are just stressed out, stressed out, running their kids everywhere, trying to be involved in everything. And what's really behind that is we don't want them to fall behind. We want them to be successful. Brian Kaplan, who's a sociologist at George Mason University, uh, did a study, about a 30-year study. And, and in his study, it was, it was very unique. It was, it was twins who were adopted and separated and grew up on different, in different parts of the country and in relatively healthy families. But he was looking at one thing. He was looking at how much activity each of these children were involved in and their families and how it really equated to the level of success that they had in their life. And what he found in the study, that the level of activity among these children didn't determine the level of their success, meaning the kids that were involved in more stuff weren't more successful than the kids who were involved in less stuff. But what he did find in his study that was, was very interesting, and he termed, uh, coined this phrase called secondhand stress, and as, as he wrote a result of his study, he said, kids in our country today are suffering from what's known as secondhand stress. And what, what that means is that he interviewed these kids, and what the kids said now as young adults, they said, I wish my mom and dad weren't always so angry. I wish they weren't so upset. I wish they weren't just so all the time just stressed out. You see, that's really what's affecting. Busyness will make you experience rich, but it will make you relationally poor. 
And that's really what Jesus is dealing with with the Mary and the Martha story. So he shatters the busyness myth. He confronts the cause of busyness. Many times it's fear. And then finally, as we turn the corner and head for home here today, we're going to see the cure for busyness, which will shape your life if we would surrender to it. You see, if we would really say this, I believe the important is greater than the urgent. The urgent you will always have. But if you believe the important is greater than the urgent, you have a chance to begin to live life lighter. Because living light occurs when you realize that your identity, your identity comes from Christ, not your level of activity. You see, most of us think that our standing with God is based on the the sweat on our brow. It's not based on the sweat on your brow, your level of activity. It's based on the blood of his son. That's how you get your identity. Do you see the difference? But, but we just take on so many things. Can I tell you something that may free some of you up? Not everything that comes down from heaven has your name on it. It took me a long time to learn that. Now, is, is, God, is God calling you to do things? Yes, he is calling us to do things. But not everything that comes down from heaven has your name on it. Be selective with your yes. Because when you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. I learned that the hard way with my family. I said yes so many times to things, things here. I, I never will forget. I, I came home one, one, one year. It was, it, was, it was fall, and I said, I, uh, Amy said, how, how, was, how was the day? I said, good, I, I agreed to a wedding today. She said, you did? When is it? I think it's the 23rd, 23rd of December, I think. She said, just here at the church, I said, uh, no, it's, uh, I think it's in Bristol. Bristol, Tennessee? I think, something like that. Yeah, I think it's a long way. She said, that's like two days before Christmas. That's when we're having our family. What, what are you doing? And I thought, not doing that wedding, I'll tell you that. That's what I'm not doing. <laughs> you know what? It's just saying yes in one area says no in another. So you've got to choose your yes wisely. Now, The question is this. The question is not what needs to be done. The question is what is God wanting me to do? That's a different question, right? Living light, this is the sermon in the sentence. If you only get one thing, get this. Living light occurs when important things become the first things in your life, which are priorities. When the truly important things are the first things that we give ourselves to. Kevin DeYoung said this. It's It's a great quote that builds on that point. The person who never sets priorities or lays out, here are the non-negotiable important things that, that, that are greater than urgent things. The person who never sets priorities is the person who does not believe in his own finitude. In other words, God is infinite, but I am finite. I'm not God and neither are you, right? So consequently, we have to set priorities. And so what is, what, what is that? We we, we, we choose the important things because they are greater than the urgent things. I want to give you three areas, and we're going to be done today. Just to, just to apply this, three biblical areas. These are three important things that, that, that are greater than urgent things that I think you need to choose in your life. Number one, and you're doing that today, the first of the week in worship. First of the week is worship. That is an important thing. Now, think about how many urgent things, those of you who are still awake, how many urgent things uh, do you have kind of on your plate for today? There are a lot of things that you could do with your time today, right? 
I mean, those of you that are watching from Destin, you're sitting on your balcony right now and you already see that family that went out and got the umbrella and the chair that you were in yesterday that you wanted, but you chose an important thing over the urgent thing. Here's the key. That's what, that's what the Lord called the, the children of Israel to do, to observe, remember my Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, watch this. Did God give the nation of Israel the Sabbath for himself or for them? For them. Because when they had a day set aside to rest and to worship, he knew that's what was best for them. That was an important thing that trumped all the urgent things. The work that needed to take place, the preparing of food, all those urgent things, that was an important thing. It was for them. Now, in our culture today, there are so many things, your kids' schedule, visiting folks, traveling, doing all kinds of things that many times there are so many urgent things that will fight against the important thing of being together with believers in worship. But if you want freedom, we have to choose the important thing. And we even, listen, here at New Vision, we have a Thursday night service. It's the exact same service that we have on the weekend. I would say this past Thursday night service here was in the top five greatest services we've ever have here, ever had here in the history of this church. It was unbelievable. I would not take anything for that experience. <laughs> yeah, Amy and I sat right over here. Let me tell you this. I, thank you for clapping, but we got three minutes, so I got to go. Um, I felt forced anyways. Um, we were baptizing an inmate a lady. And one of the things when they're here, they, they can't, uh, you can't, they can't touch their family. They can't shake hands or hug. And all their family wants to do is just hug their mom or their dad who they haven't seen. It's hard. So one of the ladies were baptizing her right up there and her little girl sitting right back there, James, where you're sitting. And the little girl stood up and yelled out, mama, mama, just waving at her. Oh man. It was unbelievable. And, and the lady said, where is she? That's my baby. Where is she? She stands up and she looks out at her mom. You know, we were just talking. I said, you know what? I, I told the mom there. I said, you and I have a lot in common. We've both made mistakes in our life that have affected our children. It's true for both of us. I said, but what you're doing right now will impact that little girl for the rest of, of her life. Because it's an important thing, right? And she chose that. It was it was, it was, it was un unbelievable. And, and we just kind of called a, an audible on Thursday night because we, we can. It's hard for us on Sunday morning with three service. You understand all that goes on on Sunday morning. So we just uh, had an invitation in the beginning of the service, and we invited people who were there. Dixie told you about that who were guests. And one of the ladies that, that came forward, African-American lady, it was so cool. When she came forward and, and then late, we shared the gospel with her, and later in the service she was baptized, the lady that brought her or her family member that was with her, she just stood up the whole time while she was being baptized. It was a, it was, it was a great night. What is my point? I, I would have never wanted to miss that. And I believe this. I, I believe that's the part of worship. Something happens every time when believers get together to worship the Lord that can't happen any, any place else. <laughs> I, I hear people say this all the time. Well, listen, we're, we're, we, we don't gather with the church. We, we can worship the Lord anywhere and everywhere. We ought to be worshiping the Lord anywhere and everywhere all day, every day. But the Bible clearly says don't forsake the assembling together as some are in the habit of doing. Because, listen, this is an important thing that will fuel the urgent things, right? If you don't do the important things first, the urgent things will eat your lunch, right? That's why we call it the tyranny of the urgent. I was hoping you guys would answer that, and you didn't. First of our week, worship. First of our day, devotion. I tell you what, 
I believe I can tell you how your day will go tomorrow with how you spend the first 15 minutes. You have a choice in the first 15 minutes tomorrow morning. You have a chance to choose the important or the urgent. And, and, and some will say, well, well, Pastor Brady, you don't live in the real world. The real world is I, I, I get up and I'm checking emails because, you know what, uh, the plant started. Everybody's sending me emails and I need to know what's going on. So that, that's what I've got to do. Well, let me just tell you something. If, we're, if what they're saying at your work is more important than what the creator of the universe has to say to you, let me know where you work. I need to work there. I don't think it's true. Do you? It's a tough thing. Choose the important thing over the urgent, that, that first minute of the day. And you say, well, why do we do that? Why, why do we do that? Well, let, let, me, let me tell you something. Because every single day, my mind needs to be renewed. Does yours? Because my mind chases some crazy stuff. It needs to be, to be renewed every day. And the only thing will do that, the Word of God will renew your mind every day. Number two is, is my will needs to be aligned to God's will. Because my will every single day tends to be more selfish than sacrificial. Anybody else? It is the Word of God that will realign your will. And, and I need to be prepared for trials. No amens there. We saw Mary in Luke chapter 10 sitting at the feet of Jesus which means that she was submissive to his authority over her, not because he was a man, because he was Messiah, right? So she's saying, your will trumps my will, and she's focused on him. Now, you, you turn to the end of the Gospels. In Matthew chapter 26, in the final week of Jesus' life, Jesus is huddled up with his disciples, and Mary walks in again. Matthew 26, verse 6, I'm just going to tell you about it. She walks in again, and John's Gospel entered, tells us who she is, and she takes this expensive bottle of perfume. Do you, some of you do remember the story. She breaks the bottle, and she pours it over Jesus' head. And his disciples, these dudes who had spent the last three years years with him are just ticked off. They're like, what in the world is she doing? That, that money could be taken and given to, a, to the poor. Uh, what, the, the, the perfume that she anointed Jesus' body, it was worth a year's worth of wages. So this is a $50,000 bottle of perfume, and she pours it over Jesus' head, and the disciples say, what a waste, expecting Jesus to say, yeah, right, sis, you missed it here, Mary. He says, no. He said, the poor you'll always have. He says, what this woman has done is a beautiful thing. She is preparing my body for burial. And she says, what she, Jesus said, what she's doing here today, what she's doing here will be told for centuries to come of this extravagant gift that she has done. Now, here's my point. You say, well, why did you bring that story up? Because these guys who were with Jesus in that room had spent the last three years with him, Right? But it was Mary sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to what he had to say, focused on what he had to say, submissive to what he had to say that prepared her for this trial. She got what they didn't get. Do you see it? And that's what happens when we choose the urgent things over the important things. We are not prepared for the trials that happen in our life. And I got to tell you something. I see it every single week. When a trial happens in a person's life who doesn't have a track record of choosing the important things and being in the presence of the Lord, it rocks them. Let's look at the third and final thing, and I'll be done. I'm going to have to run out of here pretty fast because you guys won't like this. The first of our week in worship, right? Because we need it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I need it. The first of our day in devotion in the presence of God. Why? Because we need it. Do you need it? Yeah. The first of our finances. Whoa, now. We've already taken, look, 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 people start looking down like, see, this is why I quit coming to church. We've already taken up the offering. 
I'm not, we're not, we're not, we're not asking for any money. In fact, that just, it ticks me off, to be honest. God's going to do what he's going to do with or without us. To think that God needed anything from me is nuts. But I need everything from him. And the tithe says, God, with the first of my finances, that's an important thing. Can I tell you something about your finances? There will always be urgent things clamoring for your finances. There will always be urgent things clamoring for your finances. What would it be like if you said, Lord, with the first of my finances, I'll put you first there. You know, the tithe was like the Sabbath. God gave it to the children of Israel not to be a burden, but to liberate them. To say, you don't have to worry Trust me first and watch what I'll do for the other. The Sabbath says God can do more than, with six days than we can do with seven. Do you see that? Nobody's going to nod here because you know where I'm headed. The tithe says that God could do more with the 90 than we can do with the 100. And so many people spend all of their life financially just worried, stressed, tyranny of the urgent because we've never chosen the important thing. Living light is always going to be a result of choosing the important over the urgent. Would you pray with me right now, God? Would you say this with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Father, help me to know the important things over the urgent things. Would you listen? The greatest danger in our culture today is busyness because it keeps us truly from knowing God. Being distracted keeps us from listening and hearing to what God has to say. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, what is one area of your life, what is one area of your life where God's saying today, would you choose the important over the urgent that you've been choosing? Would you choose the important over the urgent in this area? Do you really, truly believe important is greater than the urgent? Would you trust me? It reminds me of the words of Jesus that we began this series with. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. What is that yoke? It's the choice. It's the choice to choose the important over the urgent. And what's the result? And you will find rest for your weary souls. Jesus, with my time, I choose important over the urgent. Jesus, with my family, I choose the important over the urgent. Jesus, in my professional life, I choose the important over the urgent. And Jesus, with my eternity, I choose the important, which is surrender to you, over the urgent, which is me trying to perform for you. Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you that we got to eavesdrop on a story that went down 2,000 years ago in a little house a mile and a half outside of the city where one of the greatest lessons ever taught was taught. Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you now 
apply that to our lives. That we would truly know that the important is greater than the urgent. And Father, we'd begin to live lighter. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we'd like to invite you to one of our Sunday morning services. We meet at 820, 940, and 11 a.m. If you would like more information or would like to watch or listen to more of our services, please visit us online at newvisionlife.com. This broadcast is brought to you by New Vision Baptist Church, where our mission is guiding people to lives of gospel transformation.